This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Hello and welcome back to The Huddle. Here at The Huddle, we like to focus on positive sports chat. We love to hear from sports people about their lives, their careers, and how sport can have a positive impact on our communities. Our names are Otis, Archie, Elroy, and Kingy. Today we are talking to Reed Princip. Reed is a professional rugby player who plays for plays Super Rugby for the Hurricanes and MPC for Canterbury. He started his professional career in 2015 and has been a regular part of the Māori All Blacks. Like many blindside flankers, he is a tough defender and hard ball carrier. At the Canterbury Rugby Open Day, Oli Jaeger suggested we get you on. Thanks for agreeing to chat with us. Yeah, cheers lads, awesome to be here and uh, chew the fat about uh, rugby and all that comes with it. Tell us what growing up was like for you. Yep, so um, I was born bred here in Christchurch, um, got a younger brother, um, so yeah we played all sports, um, it wasn't just rugby, I started off in football, um, pl- played plenty of cricket, um, then I sort of went, got into high school. Uh, got into water polo, uh, obviously did a bit of swimming. Um, so yeah, I suppose yeah, got into all sports. Um, it's good having a brother along the way. Sort of, um, you were two and a half years apart, but um, yeah, I suppose pretty competitive. Like he was a good rugby player too, and yeah, I remember um, sort of earlier on he he would often make all the sort of rep teams and um, always wanted to uh, you know try to get get into them as well. And I suppose yeah. Having a, a brother of similar age, we sort of competed against each other and helped each other out, so it was cool. Who in your family is your biggest supporter and how do they support you? Yeah, I suppose mum and dad are, are great supporters, um, like driving us to and from trainings and games um, throughout sort of the younger days um, and always there for support. Um, I know one thing that sort of stuck out for me, uh, sort of maybe around like 11, 12, 13, so maybe intermediate going to high school dad said to me like with rugby like you'll enjoy it more if you're you're fit um and that sort of just stuck with me and um I guess my career has been based around sort of that fitness and having the engine to uh you know go play the best I can Mm. you said you played a lot of um sports when you were growing up besides rugby would you would you say you have a favorite um I was never good at it, but I enjoy watching it and uh, enjoy supporting it as cricket. Um, yeah, I was pretty ordinary, but um, I just had fun going out there with their mates. Um, I remember at high school, I'd like you might have a late morning game or start in the afternoon, so I'd go train for rugby in the morning, but then go play cricket in the afternoon. And um, even now, like I enjoy watching Black Caps, enjoy watching like the Ashes just done. So yeah, big fan of the cricket, but not very good at all. What was your favorite? Uh, what was your first memory of rugby? Uh, first memory, um, I remember when I was nine. Um, that was probably when that's when I first started playing rugby after after football. Um, just remember at Burnside Park, um, not having a clue what to do, just running around like headless chicken. Um, but I suppose yeah, just being out with your mates. That was probably the reason why I jumped at rugby because everybody else was. So um, yeah. Sort of from that uh, first moment, sort of fell in love with the game and yeah. been in it ever since. What's your first club, Burnside? No, it was Christchurch. Um, yeah, played for the Christchurch through all the, the junior grades. And then moved? Uh, yeah, went to Christchurch Boys High through high school, so obviously played my footy there. Then after high school, went to high school, all boys. 
Yeah. Uh, have you played any other positions when like when you were younger? Uh, started at proper, funnily enough, um, at primary school, um, and intermediate. Yeah, I was prop, um, and then yeah, just sort of shifted back a couple of spots into the loose forward after that. I love Canterbury, the Crusaders, and the All Blacks. What teams did you support when you were growing up? Uh, much the same. Uh, Canterbury, Crusaders, the All Blacks. They were my um, they were my favourite teams. Um, we actually had to send in a photo uh, to our coach the other day of sort of in rugby gear as a youngster, and geez, I was probably only like three or four, uh, but I'm in a Canterbury rugby kit back then. So um, then there's other photos with Larry the Lamb, so and the Renfrewley Shield. So it's been pretty cool to represent the province that I supported ever since uh, we lad. What's it like travelling to lots of places? What are the good things and what are the bad things? Yeah, that's one of the, I suppose, the great things that the game can provide you, the opportunity to travel. Um, certainly with Super Rugby, um, you know, before before COVID hit, uh, we had the opportunities to go to uh, South Africa, Argentina, Japan, um, obviously Australia. Um, uh, yeah, now that, that sort of the comps change, it, we don't get to travel as much. Um, but obviously, like the All Blacks still do, and uh, I know with the Māori All Blacks, we've been to some pretty unique places, um, Europe, down South America, um, and then into Chicago as well. But um, the good parts is getting to see all parts of the world. Um, yeah, we're pretty fortunate in that space um, to be able to do that. And oh, the the bad parts of the travel, I suppose it's um, or when you get older. Like I've got a family now; it's been away from them. Um, Obviously, the beauty of um, being able to video call them is pretty good these days. But um, yeah, you certainly miss miss the family, and um, yeah, that's probably one thing. My favourite food is fried chicken. Shout out to Bobby Wayne at CNC Chicken in Cornbread. Describe your favourite meal. Yeah, that sounds pretty good too. Um, my favourite food, um, a pretty simple man. I like a good Sunday roast, so I'm going to go go a lamb roast. Um, can't beat that, but a gravy on top, mint, mint jelly, that'd be my go-to. What do people say that don't know lamb roast? Can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't. Unless you're a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to young people that would like to make sport their career? Um, for me, it's just keep enjoying it. Um, that's one thing I, I suppose I'd probably pride myself on is I haven't lost that enjoyment factor uh, that I had when I was a young fella. Um, enjoying being out with your mates, um, working hard for the same purpose and yeah, going out there and enjoying uh, game day as well. So yeah, just keep enjoying it. Um, I suppose, like I said earlier on, like just around the work as well, like um, you'll enjoy it more if you put the work in uh, fitness wise. So yeah, it's sort of all centered around enjoyment. My favorite players are Richard Mwanga, Severus and Adi Saviet. Renee Holmes and Billy Harmon. Who was your favourite player and why? Uh, growing up would have been probably Richard McCaw. Um, yeah, obviously uh, his record speaks for itself. Um, and then while playing, um, Artie Savia, Dane Coles, probably a couple of my favourites. Um, great leaders, great men, um, and obviously uh, great players too. So, yeah. Well, you play with both of them. Dan Coles and Adi Savia and the Hurricanes, are they quite good leaders towards you? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
yeah, obviously when I went to the Canes, uh, Colsey was the captain at the time. Um, yeah, he's a awesome leader. Um, obviously can demand of you, but he, he certainly uh, worked hard to sort of relate to you off the field as well. And um, just a really top bloke and, um, you know, because of those connections, relationships, you sort of, when you're out on the field, you, you know, you're doing anything for those leaders. And Artie's sort of, I suppose, being a leader more of late um, in my time at the Canes, but you could tell from the get-go, he's always a leader, like a dominant figure on the field. Um, makes really good relationships with all players of, you know, both young and old. Um, and, you know, even even now, like, you see him captain in the All Blacks, like, his game's just gone to another level with that, with that responsibility. So, yeah, a couple of great leaders there. What's it like playing closely with someone like Artie Savia? What, what do you say your, your favourite thing about it is? Um, oh, my favourite thing about playing alongside him? Um, obviously, being on his team, like... You know, when he gets the ball, he's going to be the one. He's going to get go forward for your team. Um, he's going to make make something happen. Um, so that's pretty cool knowing you've got that coming off the back of the scrum or um, out down the edge. And then, yeah, I suppose just like I said before, he's just a, a great team man. Like, um, has a lot of respect for everyone. Um, gives everybody the, you know his time of day. Um, so that's one thing sort of I've admired about him. He's um, a very good people person. Because he, he'll be quite a good, like, leader because you've captained teams and he's a captain as well. Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I suppose, yeah, obviously to, to captain some teams, but to learn off some greats as well. Um, yeah, I've captained the Hurricanes on a, on a couple of occasions um, and Canterbury also. So, yeah, it's been cool, like, up there, like I spoke of, Colsey and Artie and then... Down here, I've been able to lean on, you know, your Sam Whitelocks, um, Kieran Reid, um, sort of guys that have sort of, I suppose, paved the way and set a good example of what it, what it is to be a leader. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm like anyone in particular. I've sort of just taken bits and pieces from all of them um, and sort of moulded that into my form of leadership. What was it like going from the Crusaders to the Hurricanes? Was it hard to move from Christchurch? Yeah, I suppose it was my first time uh, leaving Christchurch. Um, yeah, so that 2016 season was with the Crusaders. I had a really poor run of injuries. Like I debuted round one, um, came off the bench, lasted all of 10 seconds and got KO'd um, early on. And then returned from that through my club footy and with high school old boys and um, another sort of injury then did that again, returned through club footy, another injury, and I wasn't really right till MPC um, that year. But um, I suppose partway through the year, I got the opportunity um, with the Hurricanes. And um, at that time, the Crusaders were um, looking to appoint a new coach. And so I didn't know Razor was going to be the coach, but obviously ended up being being there. And um, yeah, I just, like, I just saw the opportunity and uh, wanted to make a fist of it. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time up the Canes. Um, I suppose a bit nervous heading up there to start with. Didn't really know um, a great deal of the players or the people up there. Um, but yeah, soon uh, learned to love it and um, had a great, great time. Bit off topic here, but when you finish your injury, will you be the captain of the Canterbury team? Uh, I think this year Billy will lead the, the lead the group. Like I'll still be involved in leadership group. Um, 
but obviously he did an outstanding job last year, uh, led the boys really well, um, and I'm always there uh, to support him. And um, you know, there's a good group of us in the leadership group, so we're always sort of work together and um, help each other out you know, throughout the week and on the on the field too. Can you tell us what playing for the Māori All Blacks is like? Yeah, that's pretty special. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. I debuted um, in 2016 in Ireland against Munster. Um, I don't know if you recall that game, but um, sort of in the weeks leading to it, a great figure at the Munster Club passed away. Um, and uh, we presented a jersey uh, before the huckle that we did. Um, and that's sort of, I suppose, gone down a bit of folklore around uh, things that Māori All Blacks have done. Uh, so cool to be a part of that, but then uh, amazing to represent such a pretty special team. Um, Obviously, we're all connected by blood, and um, you know, it makes it so much easier coming to a group where I suppose you're all all connected and uh, all on the same page. So, yeah, it's been a privilege to represent them over the years. And although we don't get to make uh, play too many games in a year, um, every single one of them is pretty special. Nice. At Altafati, we are part of Etu Tangata, which is about helping people understand and tackle tall poppy syndrome. You have value, others matter, and we succeed together are the three elements of Etu Tangata. Have any of these elements played a role in your sporting career and how? Massively. Um, I reckon uh, any team sport um, certainly shows all those values. Um, like for us, you know, as, as rugby players, um, like... Me personally, I add value to the team in the way I play. Um, we all make sure, you know, others matter. And obviously at the end of the day, you know, combining those two, you know, we succeed together as a team, uh, getting the results in the field, um, getting the wins, and then ultimately what we're after is winning those championships. So um, I reckon those values certainly align uh, very much so with, with team sport. You went to Christchurch Boys High, which has produced a lot of All Blacks. What do you think makes the school so special? Yeah, I remember, um, like, end of intermediate, like, deciding what school to go to, and, um, like, that's just the school I wanted to go to. And, like, obviously your mates are going there, but I just knew what, you know, how or much of a rich history it had with rugby as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Like, I didn't... At that age, I was like, oh, I'd, you know, who knows where it could take me, but I'd love rugby, and I knew that was a great school for it and uh, wanted to be a part of it. I remember in year nine, um, I had a pretty dominant first 15 sort of in my early years, and then it was obviously the, the years before too. Sort of that I started in uh, 06, but sort of 05, 05, uh, 04, 05, 06 were sort of some of the golden years of the school. But, um, you know, I remember Nasi Manu, um, seeing him, I was like, geez, I want to be like him one day. Um, yeah, he was a pretty iconic figure at the school, like a, a leader, a uh, good person, and obviously an amazing rugby player. Um, and I don't know what makes it so so good. Um, I guess because we've had such a good history of rugby, like rugby players want to go there. Um, but it's not just about the sport. Like um, I remember the motto, or well, not the motto, but sort of the, I suppose, the, the vision of the school was to create fine young men and... Um, like it wasn't just about rugby, it was about um, being good on and off the field um, with your work, you know, your studies, and um, I think that's what makes it so special. It's not just about rugby, but 
um, that's about everything, a complete package I say. If you are enjoying this episode of the podcast, why not check out our latest interview with Lily's Walk from the New Zealand Volley Ferns. And the Barrett brothers. Love oh, them. He's a blues player. I know, that's the one thing. I really like putting on big hits. What's your favourite thing? Smashing people? Scoring tries? Try celebrations? Or something else? I'm probably the same as you, mate. Um, big hits? Big hits. Enjoy smashing people. Um, don't score too many tries. Um, so I probably can't say that. Although they are they, no, they are nice to dot down. Um, don't think I've ever done a try celebration. So <laughs> definitely not that. But yeah, I'm, I, I like the collision side of the game. Um, whether that's on defence or attack, um, I suppose that's what I've based my game around over the years. So, yeah, smashing people. Especially being on the side of the scrum, you can just pop off and smash them. Mate, you got it. <laughs> What's it like playing rugby against some people that you've known and played with? Yeah, uh, I love it, yeah. Um, Hurricanes versus Crusaders or Canterbury versus Wellington. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's something about playing against your mates. You want to get one up over them. You want to smash them. Um you know, rub their face on the ground when you get on top of them. Um, yeah, I don't know, something, something about it sort of brings the best out in you and uh, you want to perform and get one over them, so yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Not look back at the final for last year? No, we won't talk about that, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I was at the game, disappointing. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, been in a couple of them, 2018 against Auckland and then that one last year also. You've kept in a quite a few teams. What makes you such a good leader? Um... I suppose a couple of things for me. Um, one's around relationships, um, sort of a, a two-pronged thing for that. So um, relationships with you know young guys in the team, like getting to know everyone um, and making them genuine as well, um, like getting to know them, uh, what makes them tick. Um, and I suppose in doing that, uh, that creates a bit of trust. Um, you know, and you, when you create that trust, you know, then you have the ability to demand of them as well because they know it's coming from a good place. And the other part of the relationships is um, around using people around you in your leadership space. It's just not all on you. Um, I remember one of the first times I led a team uh, was for the Hurricanes in pre-season. And I felt like all of it was on me to speak, to uh, make calls and stuff like that. But... I think the big lesson for me out of that was was around using people around you, um, and that's one thing I've tried to do. Um, you know, while captaining Canterbury and the Canes at the time, is use guys around you. Like um, Sam Whitelight gave me a good piece of advice, and uh, he said around like in an ideal world, like you're looking at a Saturday game, you probably don't need, you don't want to speak until later in the week. If you can get other guys speaking, sort of, you know, your Monday, Tuesday. Um, sort of laying the foundations for the week, that's probably a good thing. And then, you know, your voice can come in later in the week. Um, so your relationships uh, is a massive thing. Um, and then probably the last part is just around presence, um, like where you want to be a calm calm figure on the field, calm figure off the field. Um, and I suppose you, how you approach it, you just want to be a, a real, real presence for the team that they can look up to or... Um, they can really trust you that you're going to make a good call, that, that uh, you know, you're going to be there for them. So um, presence is a big thing for me too. Canterbury had a good win against Northland in the opening NPC game. Blair Murray looks great. Looks like a great player. Who else should we look out for? 
Yeah, he was rapid, wasn't he? Um, yes, it was two tries, wasn't he, that he got? Yeah, he looked, looked very good. Um, and it wasn't just the tries and the speed, you know, he was very comfortable with his role around the field too and, um, you know, safe hands under the high ball. So, um, yeah, he'd be uh, wrapped with that, getting a game like that. I, obviously, Taylor Cahill, young lock, um, I thought he had a great debut also. Um, so, yeah, a couple of young guys. There's a plenty of young guys. I think that's the beauty of Canterbury Rugby. Like, every year there's always someone, um, you know, coming out of the academy or out of club footy that really steps up and performs well. So I think we're very lucky to have sort of that depth in the in the province and guys coming in uh, ready for, for NPC level footy. Number five, that started. I'm not too sure on his name, but he, he looks like a very good player. Yeah, that was at the uh, Taylor Cahill oh, I yeah. spoke of before. He's... Um, Big lad, obviously looks like he's got a bit of speed too. Um, uh, yeah, he was very impressive um, against Northland. Mm. Do you get nervous before games? How do you deal with them? Yep, yeah, still get nervous. Um, and I've always looked at it as a, as a positive thing. Um, you get in those nerves because you care. Um, you want to be able to do a good job for the team. Um, so I have... Uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing and certainly always get them. Um, one thing, uh, uh, sort of since being out injured for the last uh, five, six months is I wanted to try something new um, that I actually learnt from uh, one of Daniel Carter's podcasts, on, I think it's the High Performance Podcast. Um, so he spoke of um, at the end of the week before a game, he, he'll sit down and just write down how he's feeling. Um, you know, whether he's feeling nervous, whether he's scared of what's coming and um, just getting his feelings out on paper. And then after that, he'll answer the question of what he wants to feel like. Um, and that's just around being calm, um, ready to go out there and just enjoy it and just go play. So that's something I want to sort of add to my weekly uh, weekly um, routine uh, when I return to play. Um, and I think that's, I suppose, a great thing around most players. Like, we're always never the perfect package, we always want to learn and get better, so that's one way I'm going to do it when I return to play. Do you have any superstitions or pre-game rituals? Um, oh, not so much anymore. Probably when I was younger, um, I remember I used to wear the same pair of undies um, like for a season, like just wash them, get them ready for game day and <laughs> every game, um, but not really anymore. Uh, certainly not that one. Um, <laughs> like I just like being ready the game like the night before like just having everything ready to go um so as i've always cleaned my boots um i think the way i did that i remember when i was a young fella like dad and granddad always cleaned them night before the game or got us to or told us to do it so i don't know that's sort of stuck with me and um tradition tradition yeah yeah that's the one i don't know that i've ever cleaned my rugby boots for a game <laughs> yeah i suppose when you're um you're pretty lucky when you're in a professional environment like the fields don't get too muddy so they don't get too dirty the boots but um, yeah it's something I've always done and that's probably one thing that I'll keep doing If you could play for any team any sport what would it be and why? Hmm. Um, oh, I'd like to be good at cricket and play for the Black Caps Oh yeah Yeah, yeah that'd be cool what, what, what would you do in cricket? I think I'd like to bat You'd be a batter? Yeah I think so Um that's what I'd like to do. I don't know if I'd be any good, but I'd like to do it. <laughs> yeah. Not a bowler or anything? 
Oh, I could roll the ammo if need be, but um, <laughs> yeah, better I think. Yeah, yeah. Just like the funnest job on. So everyone wants to do when you play cricket. It's just bat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite ice cream flavour? My favourite ice cream flavour would be boysenberry. Boysenberry. Yeah. Is that where you, is that your all time favourite? Do you have a top three? Top, top three? three. Uh Boys and Bree number one. Um I like the mint chocolate trumpets. Oh yeah. They go good. Um leave it at that, just top two. Just top two? Top two, yeah. Everything else is just nah. Yeah. If I can get one of them I'm happy. Where do you store your medals and important rugby stuff? Um at mum and dad's here in Christchurch. Um, you know, all my, I've got a debut Māori All Blacks jersey hanging on their wall. Um, and I got a, um, well, we, when we played the British and Irish Lions for the Canes, I've got um, my jersey and my opposite numbers jersey um, sort of framed up as well on the wall. Plus, um, yeah, a couple of championship winning ones with Canterbury. Um, that are there in the cupboard, but they're currently at mum and dad's, but I've always thought it'd be pretty cool one day to be able to have a room at your own place where you can put them up on your own wall. So, yeah, maybe do that one day. Oh, yeah. nice and safe at mum and dad's, though. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. And then everyone that comes over, they can say, oh, that's my that's my son. He <laughs> great rugby player. <laughs> you got it. What kind of music do you listen to? I'm a big fan of a lot of music. I don't... I'm not one uh, genre in particular. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like a bit of rock, um, even a bit of country music. Um, 660 always go good. Um, yeah, shapeshifter. Yeah, probably in the gym I like yeah rock or something along the lines of the shapeshifter genre. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you ever get to choose what goes on the speaker in the gym? I don't and. I choose not to. We've got guys on that on the music committee that sort after that, uh, look after that. So I don't think I've ever been on music committee um, in a team. Um, it's high pressure job. <laughs> I remember um, my first year at the Canes, um, Geordie Barrett and Ricky Riccatelli were on music that year, and we we had round one over in Japan. And um, I remember we're on the bus going. Or must have been, must have been just arrived, got off the plane, going to the hotel, and they were under the pump, like the back seat. Like your Colsies, your Julian Severs were at them to play something they liked, and the coaches at the front of the bus were at, at them from the front trying to put their music on, and they were sort of stuck in the middle, um, didn't know what to do. So, yeah, I'm glad I've never been on um, committee. <laughs> you should just make it so everybody in the team gets to submit one one good song. That's a good that idea. Like. I think I've I've been in a team. Maybe when Richie Moanga was music for Canterbury, yeah. he, he did that. He um, Got everybody to submit their favourite and then just had that on repeat for, oh. the, for the season. I mean, Richie's the best rugby player, so, you know, it's obvious. Yeah, he goes all right, doesn't he? Over your career so far, what are you most proud of? It's a good question. Um, yeah, obviously very proud of all the, the milestones, whether it be debuts or... Um, you know, 50 game matches or second blazer for Canterbury. But I think the thing I'm most proud of is um, I suppose I've always held true to myself and, um, you know, although I've been there, been around a while, I, was, I still I still am the same person that 
um, you know, got into those teams at the beginning, um, and I suppose just held that respect right throughout my career. Um, I feel that's probably the thing I'm most proud of is, um, yeah, stayed true to myself and kept that respect throughout my career, both uh, with, you know, young and old players, management, and, um, you know, sort of haven't lost sight of all the good values that have been installed in me. How do you mentally prepare yourself for a big game? Yeah, I suppose the preparation for me, this is just in a mental space you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it sort of starts, always starts at the beginning of the week. Um, um, like always reset back to zero at the start of the week. Um, whether it's just setting up your week um, so you know what you want to work on or what you need to get tick off. Um, you know, a bit of visualisation throughout the week. Like it's not just all the reps on the field or uh, in the gym, it's sort of getting a bit of mental reps as well. So um, do a bit of that. Um, and then like what I spoke of before, like I'm willing to add something new. So just around that, um, you know, mindfulness on a on a game day minus one now, that's something mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty keen on adding to my game or my routine for a week. Um, and then, like, for f during the week, like, I want to really want to, like, uh, front load the week in terms of my learning. So Monday, Tuesday, get in the books, um, that visualisation I spoke of. Um, so I really understand my role. So then come Thursday training, like, I'm really clear. I can just go out and execute, like, I don't have to think. Um, and that's sort of, a, I suppose, a dress rehearsal for your game day. Um, yeah, and then ultimately, you just want to be able to go out there and don't have to think, you just go in action, the work you've done. Um, so yeah, that's probably around how I prepare mentally for a game. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest challenge being a professional sports person? Biggest challenge? Um, I suppose the, the disappointment around like misselection or uh, not being selected for a team, um, like that always hurts. Um, like it can be pretty brutal at times, the game, like not just as a player, but you know, in the coaching space as well. So, um, you know, being able to deal with that, like there's definitely been times where um, that that has happened to me. And like I always sort of give myself like 24 hours just to let those emotions out, like um, be angry, be disappointed, be sad. Um, and then it's about what's next, I suppose. Um, sort of refocusing, um, like what do I need to do to get back in the team or uh, what do I need to do to get back on the field? So um, yeah, that's probably the, the tougher moments I've experienced in a career. What do you enjoy most about being a professional athlete? Um, what do I enjoy most? Um, I enjoy being able to do something I love and being able to do it with my mates. Um, I always say like the best moment in a week, like obviously playing, but it's that moment after a good game, a good win, sitting in the sheds with your mates, having a beer um, and just reflecting on the week that was. Um, yeah, that, that'd be it for me. Goon, who's your bestest mate in Canterbury, Hurricanes, on whatever teams you've played in? Who's your best friend, mate, best mate? Oh man, I've been pretty fortunate. I've had some good mates throughout both those teams. Um, like Daniel Leonard Brown, he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. Um, you know, we played 
rugby together from like under 13, so year nine onwards, and like still to this day we're playing for Canterbury uh, alongside each other. So that's pretty cool. Um, up at the Canes, um, got pretty close with like James Blackwell, um, Dane Coles. Um, they're probably some good mates that um, you know both have moved on and um, going off in different directions, but. Um, certainly people I'll keep in contact with um, as years go by so mm -hmm. yeah like I said at the start like pretty fortunate there's a lot of guys I could mention that are good mates like I think that's the beauty of the game like like I said before you get to do something you love and you get to do it with your mates so um, yeah pretty fortunate well I think we're actually going to get Daniel Leonard Brown on this podcast very soon hopefully yeah he'll be a good man I'll, um, I'll tell him to get on here and share his wisdom and his uh, journey as well I think cool. we're just sorting out of time at this point, so won't be too won't be too long until he's on here. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's it for the interview. We'd like to say thanks for coming and talking to us. We realise you're super busy, and we really appreciate you giving up some of your spare time to chat with us. We love hearing from amazing sports people, hearing about their day-to-day -day lives and about sport because have can have a positive impact on them. Thank you. No Thank you. No worries. Cheers, man. Thank you. This is The Huddle. Sports, passion, positivity. Yeah, man, it's that boy Bobby Wayne, man. You know how he does it, man. Coming to you live from a chicken coop. CNC, baby. Hello. Go check out Bobby Wayne at CNC Chicken and Cornbread. You'll find him at Bexley Garage on Pages Road. Bobby opens at 11.30 till he's sold out Wednesday to Saturday.